Lord, thank you, Lord, for this uh, amazing opportunity every Sunday as we come together. It's a joy to see each other as the body of Christ, as we help each other, as we love one another, as we learn from each other, Lord. Be with us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to understand you and follow you every day. Help us to go deeper into your word. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for the people that are attending today, Lord. And we pray for everything that is lined up, Lord. Bless us, Lord, and, uh, and um, train us, Lord, and discipline us, and be with us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He's been my life, Lord, he proved it. There's been a hard journey, though. I'll be back by less than a minute, right? There's been a hard journey, but God's been there along the way. And I just wanted to do this for a while, but I had to build up the courage. You know what I'm saying, guys? Yeah, it's pretty hard for me right now. It's a big audience, so I just want to say thank you for hearing that out. But peace be with God be with you all. Do you know what I'm saying? Thank you so much, right? Keep up. Afterwards, or at some point on a different day, and um, that I'm sure he will kind of expand on that. But essentially, what he's done there is he's told us what we just heard in the scripture about the resurrection, isn't it? That God can take a person in Christ and take them from old to new, death to life. Amen. Amen. And, and, and Jamie's testimony is is all about that, as are all of our testimonies, but just drawing particularly on his this morning. And so. Jamie's been coming to the Centre Project for a long time, uh, probably even before I knew him, in fact. Um, and we've met around the city and so on and so forth. Started to come to the cafe on a Monday morning. And there was one particular Monday morning where I think me and Eric were baptising people in the pool. We had two planned baptisms, okay, so planned ones. 
as we finished those baptisms, I was still in the water and I said to everybody that was here, shall we keep it in or empty it? And I was joking because I thought, I'm going to turn around and pull the plug in a minute anyway. So, but it's just one of those things I said in a moment. And everyone said, keep it in, keep it in. And then as they said that, I was down here in the water and I looked up and I saw Jamie just come through the double doors here and he was standing over me. And he said, oh, he said, I've got to tell you something. I said, what's that then? He said, oh, I, I, I've realised I need to give my life to Jesus. And he said, I've just come to tell you that this morning. And so I said, have you got any spare clothes? And he said, uh, well, actually, and as I looked at him, I remember thinking, he looks like he's got a lot of weight on this guy since the last time I saw him. And as I, as I said that to him, have you got spare clothes? He said, well, actually, before I left the house this morning, I felt like something was telling me to put a spare set of clothes on under the clothes that I'm wearing now. And he had no knowledge that there were any baptisms taking place. So we take that as a word of the Lord, amen? And uh, the Lord directed him, he came and said, I need to give my life to Christ. And so just a few moments later, uh, we dumped him in the water, we baptised him. And uh, ever since that day, he's been uh, walking on in the Lord. Some of it's obviously it's up and down, as we all are. Um, but he's walking in the Lord, and that's what he came to essentially tell us this morning. So praise the Lord for that, amen? Wonderful. Five minutes before we're going to start the church meeting. And so, ahead of the church meeting, and these scriptures I'm going to read now will become uh, relevant to our uh, discussions that will take place. And so, you may want to make a note of them um, for when you get home later. You might want to read through them and just reflect on, on what they might be saying. Um, but I'm going to read from, I've got one, two, three, four, five uh, short uh, scriptures here. And the first one is perhaps the, the shortest of all. So Matthew 16, 18 to begin with. And bear in mind what I've said, these will play into our conversations uh, later in the church meeting. And so Matthew 16, 18, I'm sure many of you will know these verses. So upon Peter's confession of faith that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the one who God has sent into the world to sort out all the mess between him and humanity and his creation, Jesus is the Messiah, Peter declared it, and, and Jesus' response to Peter is this, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now obviously over time the phrase on this rock has been debated about what that means and so there are three or four um, things that scholars might say about that um, but I take it to be that on this rock, so upon that confession of faith I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So Jesus says I will build my church in response to Peter's confession. Now here, when Jesus uses the word church, it is a word that is said, I'm probably going to butcher the word, so apologies, ecclesia, or as I prefer to say, ecclesia, because I'm from Leicester and that's, we say things a bit funny, don't we? But that's the original word that Jesus uses here. 
And so if you look at that word in the original language, there are about three or four different meanings depending on the context of where it is used. But it is always, always, always used to mean people. So it's never used to mean a structure or a building. It is always used in the context of talking about the people of God, whether it was the people of Israel or it's the people of the New Testament church in Jesus Christ. So important point to remember. The meaning of the word that Jesus uses here very specifically is the whole body of Christians scattered throughout the earth Collectively, all who worship and honour God and Christ in whatever place they may be. So what we might say is that the word Jesus uses here, he says church, but he's referring to the universal church. Church, capital C. Of which we here are included, but it expands, doesn't it, all across the world. Wherever people are worshipping God, there is the church. And so that's the specific meaning of what Jesus says in that passage what he's talking about. So essentially anyone who chooses to follow him and comes into the people of God through Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 Do you not know that your bodies, so your bodies, not a structure built by human hands, not a building, but do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. Because when we're given the Holy Spirit, God puts his stamp, his mark of ownership on our lives by the very fact that he gives us the Holy Spirit. You were bought at a price. Jesus died for us. That was the cost. Amen. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. Tough word, isn't it? Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. So building on this theme of the church and what it is. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers to God and to the things of God, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And so again this is not language of architecture for a physical structure like what we're sat in today. It's not architectural language for a physical structure that we might say is a church building. This is architectural language talking about how the people of God in a spiritual sense are being built together in unity to be hosts of the very presence of God by His Holy Spirit. <coughs> Hebrews 9, 11-12, so just two more scriptures. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say it is not part of this creation. 
So remember that what happened with the people of Israel, they were given a structure that they were to build called the tabernacle, which they would unpack, erect, worship God in whichever place they stayed, and then pack it all down again and carry it away onto the next place and the next place and the next place as they wandered around as the people of God. And so the tabernacle was a structure where they would worship God. But here it's saying that Christ has entered into the greater and more perfect tabernacle, which was not made by human hands. So effectively to say that upon his ascension, after his death and resurrection, that Christ has entered into heaven, the very dwelling place of God, where the reality of our worship to him will all make sense. He did not enter by means of blood and goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. So see how in Christ things have moved from predominantly being worship in a physical structure made by human hands, a tabernacle, a temple, a synagogue, so on and so forth, to actually being able to connect with heaven the very presence of God because we are in Christ. So all the way back to Jacob's dream, open heaven, the stairway, back in the Old Testament becomes a reality in the Lord Jesus Christ. Final scripture as we go into our church meeting this morning, 1 Peter 2 and verse 4 to 5. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so we have that imagery of what we once were and how we once worshipped, physical structure, a priesthood doing all the work and the worship on our behalf, offering physical sacrifices, to now in Christ being redeemed, restored and forgiven. And we all become priests because we all represent God before people and represent people before God. Can we see the difference this morning? And so let me repeat those scriptures for you for the sake of those who want to write them down and take it home and read them. Matthew 16 and verse 18. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 Ephesians 2, 19-22 Hebrews 9, 11-12 and 1 Peter 2, verses 4-5 So let us just pray before I invite So Lord, we thank you that we have been able to gather in this place this morning to declare your wonderful praises, to declare who you are and the truth of your word, to do that together, Lord. What an honour and a privilege it is to do that together here in this place. And so Lord, for those who have come this morning and, and, and are going to leave us now, Lord, we pray a blessing 
upon them. Lord, we command a blessing upon them as they go. But Lord, for those of us who are staying on to the church meeting, Lord, we also command a blessing to be upon us. And so Lord, we thank you for this morning, this time of fellowship. And we conclude it by praying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. 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 And so we're just going to swiftly move on into...